0: Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central podcast, making theology central. Good afternoon, everyone. If you, I guess, if you don't succeed the first time, you try a second time, right? I, I know that's not exactly how the saying goes, but welcome, everyone. It is Monday, December the twenty seventh, twenty twenty one. It is currently two twenty six p.m. Central Time and i'm coming to you live from the empty sanctuary of victory baptist church located right here in the middle of nowhere however even though i am in the middle of nowhere time and time again something happens when i'm in the middle of a live broadcast it is crazy i think i think this church could be located in new york city and we would get less disruptions and interruptions then we get being a church in the middle of nowhere. So if you were listening, I went live on the air just a few minutes ago, right? I'm live on the air. I, I do, I just do the first part of the introduction and then all of a sudden I hear this. And I'm like, what? Okay, everything's falling off the table, okay? I'm like, what is going? Why is someone at the front door of the church basically going? And I'm like, what is happening? And what was happening was our internet provider had stopped by the church, knocked on the door to simply tell us, hey, in this area, we're going to be upgrading to fiber. You're on copper right now. We're going to be upgrading to fiber. So you're going to get, you're going to get faster speeds. And it is going to increase the price about $10 a month. And I'm like, okay, well, thank you so much for stopping by. I, I do appreciate them stopping by. I mean, we're in the middle of nowhere. I mean they probably could have, you know, sent an email, they probably could have called the the phone number associated with the account. There're probably a lot of ways they could have contacted us. So I really appreciate they got in a car, drove here, knocked on the door of the church to let us know that. So and that's awesome, better speeds, maybe more stability. That's always great because we do live broadcast. So that was wonderful, but it's just it's always the timing. Like literally I just go live and boom, that happened. So if you were listening live, that's why the program <laughs> abruptly just stopped is because, well, someone was pounding on the front door of the church. But all of that is over now. So now let's take a deep breath and let's get to the things we need to get to. So so let me just introduce this one more time because i i feel all i feel like everything is discombobulated, all right? So so to, just to ease back into this, welcome everyone. Good afternoon everyone. It is Monday, December the 27th, 2021. It is now 2:28 p.m. Central Time, and yes, I'm coming to you live from the very empty sanctuary of Victory Baptist Church, located in the middle of nowhere, Texas. But for some weird reason, everyone finds a way to find us when I'm on the air, okay? But, but that, that's what's going on. I guess that's some good news, right? I guess. Better internet, that's good news. Well, an additional cost, that isn't good news. But at least, well, we'll see how that all works out. But that, that's what's going on. But there's something else I have to talk to you about. There's something else I need to announce, and this isn't good news. This is really bad news. In fact, it's so bad that I feel that we need to do this. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking something really tragic occurred. You're thinking something really, really, really bad has happened. Okay, maybe that's a little over the top. Maybe that's a little hyperbole. But something did happen that's not good news. And it, it's—I I guess it's not tragic. And a it, being seriously, being serious, it's not tragic, but it is a little disappointing and frustrating. As most of you know, that the device I use over and over and over again when I'm doing, even when I'm doing preaching and when I'm doing any live broadcast is I always have next to me right here to my right, an iPad. I use that for everything. All of my church notes on my iPad, everything. Um, when uh, I, when uh, you contact me via email, I respond iPad. Everything is done on an iPad. I don't really have any other device. I do have a laptop right here, but the laptop is only used, well, to run the live broadcast. That's what it's used for. I can't, while I'm doing a live broadcast, I can't be using the laptop for anything else when we do live streaming of our sermons. It's on this laptop. So the laptop is only used for the live broadcasting. That's all it's used for. Anything else, if I'm going to be reading a a news article, if I'm gonna be looking up a Greek or Hebrew, everything is done right here on an iPad. And I kept telling you that the iPad was, (laughs) it was slowly but surely reaching the end of its life. It's been around, it's been, I've been using it for years and it's used constantly for basically everything related to not only preaching, but for this broadcast, and well, finally, I have to report sadly that the iPad is no longer with us. It has reached the end. So, last—I mean, it's—it's it's barely hanging on. I'm gonna. In fact, I'm gonna be trying to use it uh, for all practical purposes. It's—it's it's dead. But I have to. I'm gonna try to use it because I have to look up some things, and it's all I have right now to be able to look up anything. So. I'm going to try to use it, but for all practical purposes, it's gone. I thought it was totally gone last night. I got it. I spent most of the morning trying to get it at least working a little bit. But finally last night, I realized it, it, that I have no choice. So I ordered a brand new iPad. Now I know what you're thinking. That's a good thing. No, it's not a good thing. Have you seen the prices of a new iPad Air? I couldn't afford an iPad Pro, obviously. Um, and I didn't want to, to go all the way to the lower end. I needed to something that continues to do basically all that I, I do with it. So I had to get an iPad Air. And if you want to look at the new models for iPad Air to confirm what I'm about to say, $700 plus. $700 plus. That is not... I could have done so many other things for $700. I could replace the tires on my car, which desperately need, they need to be done. There, there's so many other things I could do around the house. But if I don't have, have uh, an iPad, basically trying to do the live broadcast becomes almost, I mean, everything, it, it would just dramatically decrease. Every, In fact, I wouldn't be able to really respond to anybody and doing the Bible study exercises where people are sending me their outlines and everything. Yes. So it it, it had to occur. Just hopefully it will arrive soon. And when it arrives, then obviously I'm going to do my very best to get the most use out of it as possible. Use it for, you know, everything that I can. And obviously it's going to be the go-to device for 2022 and just hope that it lasts for a very long time. And I put it to good use, but yes, it's I, I, oh, I was sitting there last night, just going, no, 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 come on, come on, come on, don't, 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 you don't, don't go, don't go, please, 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 don't, don't, don't go, don't, no, don't close your eyes, don't go to sleep. You know anything like from a movie, right? I, it was, I was over dramatic, and then finally, I just had to say, I'm sorry, it, it's over. So, but this morning, I got it temporarily going, so I will be referencing that. So that's what's happening behind the scenes here for the Theology Central podcast. We've got people knocking on doors. We got an iPad that has reached the end of its lifespan, but we've got a new one on its way and hopefully everything works out fine and we can uh, get back to doing what we need to do. But for now, we're gonna do what we can do because it's the last week of 2021. We have reached the end of 2021 and this is the last week of Bible study for 2021. And all of this week, for our last week of Bible study, it's Luke chapter 2, verses 25 to 35. That is what we are studying. I did an introduction yesterday, and I have to apologize for the introduction. I do. I listened to it on the way home, and I was extremely upset and extremely frustrated. I did a couple of things wrong. First, my original list of assignments was read outline, and then as I got into the uh the The episode, into the session of Bible study, I kind of flipped it and said, read it, then do a background study, basically, of Simeon, then do the outline. I don't know why I changed it. In my mind, I had a reason for change, changing it, but I didn't really articulate that or explain that clearly. So it just came across somewhat disjointed. And then, in the middle of the Bible study exercise introduction, I kept getting distracted because I kept looking at the text, going, "How would I outline this? How would I outline this?" When all I was supposed to do is give everyone the assignment, but I gave everyone the assignment, and I immediately wanted to start working on the assignment myself while I was sitting in front of the microphone, live on the air. <laughs> okay, that's that's not what you're supposed to do. I just literally, I just like it's almost like I forgot at times that oh, I'm live on the air. I'm just sitting here looking at the text, going. Okay, what what should I do here? What should I do here with Luke chapter two? What? And so I, I apologize, but I, I hope that I can uh, well have hopefully I can offer some thoughts here this afternoon that will be beneficial. So are you ready? I know that was 10 minutes. But a lot going on behind the scenes. So that's where we are. Yes, a little over the top, having a little bit of fun. But it, it yeah, when you're using an iPad, basically all day, every day, every night for everything. And then all of a sudden it goes, it's like, well, now what do I do? I use that for literally everything. So, um, but that's, that's what, that's what's going on. So with all of that said, good thing, a new one's on the way. So there should be no disruption. And the Theology Central podcast, there should be no disruption. And you having new podcasts available anytime you look at your podcast app of choice, it should always be something new there. And hopefully in 2022, Maybe we can even do more than we did in 2021. Only time will tell, but you know what? We can't worry about what we may do. We can't even worry about what we have done. All we can do is what we can do right now. So right now, open your Bibles, Luke chapter two. Let's jump in. First, let's read the text. Because you know, I tell you to read it over and over and over and over again, All right? Luke chapter two, verse 25. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem, whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought the in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, Then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary, his mother, blessed this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. That is the text for this week, your last, the last text of study the last text that we will study in 2021. The last text, hopefully, that you will study in 2021 because I want you to dedicate this entire week to reading this and thinking about it and thinking about it and meditating on it. Now, one of the assignments I give you is to do an outline. I still don't wanna help you too much in that. I did offer a number of, so-so suggestions yesterday. I, no one has emailed me yet. Um, and in fact, I can still check email, hopefully. I think I can still get to my email. Um, but if you have emailed me and I don't respond, it may be because the iPad has now passed on to the other side, okay? But but I, I will definitely do my best to respond uh, as soon as I can get the new iPad and get it all set up and get everything going. So, um, I, but please work on your outline. Even if you don't send it to me, Work on your outline, okay? But this is what we're gonna focus on today. I told you yesterday to do a little background work on Simeon. Now, I have a Bible dictionary right here. I could start doing that for you, but I'm not going to do that part. We're just going to look at some of the things said about Simeon the man and Luke 2. And I'm really going to focus on two terms. That's all we're gonna focus on in this episode. This is just kind of a little... Just kind of a little short episode just to try to, you know, keep you engaged with the Bible study, keep you motivated, and give you some things to think about, meditate, and obviously to discuss if you so desire to do that. Here we go. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was, and here are the two words, just and devout. Just and devout devout. Those are the two words I want you to write down, and this is what I want us to do. I want us to look at Simeon here as an example to follow. In the Bible, you have examples to follow. You have examples to avoid throughout the Bible. Here we have an example. Simeon is an example, and he was a just and devout man, and he was a just and devout Person, we can say it that way, and therefore, for all of us, no matter who you are, male, female, doesn't matter, we would hopefully desire to be just and devout. However, what do those terms actually mean, and is there complete agreement on them? So, before we do anything else, let's look up Luke 2.25 and see What all the English translations do with Luke 2.25, do they all use the words just and devout or do they use different terms? If I can get this to work, we will look that up right now. Here we go. Luke 2. We're going to look it up. Luke 2. Luke 2.25. I'm going to go to biblehub.com and let's see how all of them Handle it. Here we go. Luke two twenty five, New international version. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. So King James uses the word just. They put the word righteous. So that kind of gives you maybe an idea of what this word just could possibly re- be referring to, right? They describe him as a righteous person and a devout person. Now the, the word devout is used it's in the King James and the New International. If we go to the New Living Translation, and at that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout. So they 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 just used righteous instead of just, but all of them agree on using the word uh, devout, which is interesting. The ESV. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout. So so there seems to be no disagreement on devout and the just or righteous may give us an idea of what, well, what we need to understand from this. The Berean Study Bible. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon who was righteous and devout. Berean Literal Bible. And this man was righteous and devout. King James was just and devout. New King James, just and devout. New American Standard, righteous and devout. Uh, New American Standard 1995, righteous and devout. New American Standard 1977, righteous and devout. Amplified Bible. Now this is interesting. Amplified Bible. This man was righteous and devout, and then they have in kind of uh, kind of a parentheses, careful observing the divine law. right? Righteous and devout. So are they connecting that he was carefully observing the divine law to him being devout? Or are they saying the devout, the righteous and devout are just basically terms that are basically just describing the same idea that he was carefully observing the divine law, That, that he was righteous and he was devout. And that's all connected to his keeping or his observance of the divine law. In other words, we don't need to separate these two terms. They're basically just saying the same thing. Maybe, maybe not. But so those, that's kind of what the English translations do. So let's do a little work in the Greek. Let's do that. Let's see if I can get to the Blue Letter Bible app. Okay, um, hang on. Right, things are okay. Already having a couple of issues here. You're gonna have to show a little mercy and a little grace with me today, all right? Okay, it's already been it's already been crazy uh, this afternoon. Here we go. All right, let's look up the word for just. Let's look up the word just, and that is this Greek word: Strong's G thirteen forty two, dekaios, dekaios, dekaios. Dikaios. Dikaios is used 81 times in the King James. It is translated in the following manner. Righteous, 41 times. So, so saying that he's translating it as righteous would be perfectly acceptable. 33 times as just, 5 times as right, 2 times as meet. Strong's definition. Dikaios um, is equitable in character or act. By implication, innocent, holy, absolutely, or relatively, just, meet, righteous. All right? Thayer's Greek lexicon goes on to say, observant of, observing divine and human laws, one who is such as he ought to be. All right? So, he's a just man and the fact that we could we could that he's equitable in character uh, in character or in act but it seems the most the, the best way of understanding it is that he is holy that he is righteous as far as in his observance of divine and human law in other words he is just he is righteous in his behavior and how he acts he is a righteous and just person in his behavior and the way he acts, especially in regards to God's divine law. Right, that, that, that makes some sense. If we look out, if we look for outline of biblical usage, they go they go on to say this. They, they literally have the word righteous again. That's why almost all the English translations translates it as righteous. Observing divine laws, in a wide sense, upright, righteous, virtuous, keeping the commands of God of those who seem to themselves to be righteous, who pride themselves to be righteous, who pride themselves in their virtues, whether real or imagined. So it could be spoken of someone who perceives themselves to be just, who perceives themselves to be righteous, but they may not actually be righteous or just. But in the the case of Simeon, it is God, in a sense, Describing him that way, the 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 writer of of the of the Gospel of Luke is describing him that way. We believe that's the inspired word of God, so that's God's description of Simeon: innocent, faultless, guiltless. Used of him, used of him whose way of thinking, feeling, acting is wholly conformed to the will of God, and who therefore needs no, basically doesn't have to change anything in his heart or life approved or accepted of God and a narrow sense rendering to each his due that in a judicial sense, passing just judgment on others, whether expressed in words or shown by the manner of dealing with them. This is the idea that he is. So the idea of just carries a lots of meanings. So let's get that out of the way. It can deal with basically right behavior and and right in accordance to how you observe God's law that you're guiltless, you're righteous, you're just. It also can speak of how you judge and treat other people, how you deal with situations. You do so in a just manner. But one thing that kind of caught my attention in the outline of biblical usage is approved or accepted of God. Now, this is just a question. Was Simeon declared to be just, declared to be approved or accepted of God. So to, for, for, for the Bible to say Simeon was a just man, it is clearly demonstrating that he was approved or accepted of God. Now here's the question. Are we to read Luke 2, 25, when it says Simeon is a just man, and do we see that he was accepted and approved of God because of his behavior? right? Because of his actions, the way he behaved, his behavior is what made him acceptable before God. Do we see that? Look, here's Simeon and his behavior. Look at how he acted. Look at his actions. Look at the way he, his thinking. It's a, it's making a moral judgment about his behavior. And because his behavior was so good, therefore he could stand before God approved and accepted. Or do we look at it in a different way? And this is the reason I'm bringing this up. If you look at the curriculum, if you look at the curriculum, and I'm going to go to ministry grid if I can get there. All right, here we go. Here's what the curriculum says. I just think it's interesting. This is from the adult leader's guide of the curriculum. If you're brand new to the Bible study exercises, you can, you can sign up for the curriculum. It's absolutely free. Just email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com, and I will definitely send you the link, absolutely free. Others have helped pay for it, and we're grateful for that, and we want everyone to use it as much as possible. But I just found this interesting when I read this today. Here we go. At this point in the narrative, Luke rather abruptly introduced a man named Simeon. Luke briefly described his character, Just and devout. The word just describes his relationship with God. When Jesus came and died in our place, he was able to offer us right standing before God. Before Jesus came, the righteous were those who strove to obey God's law and faithfully serve him. Luke also used the Greek word for devout to describe the man who buried Stephen. And Paul's testimony before the crowd in the temple, he described Ananias as a devout man according to the law. The devout were religiously committed. All right, so he kind of jumped to devout, but that's fine. Or the curriculum did. It's just interesting that they basically say, okay, our understanding of a just person, this is the way they almost look at it, is different in a sense before Christ, and after Christ. After Christ, I am just because of what Christ did for me. Or we could say, I am just, I am justified by faith alone and that the reason I can say that I am just or righteous is because of Christ imputed righteous to me. Now, should we look at Simeon in the same way or, different, or in a different way? In other words, Was he a man of faith? Was he believing God? And does that believing in God, is he not accounted righteous because of his faith in God, like Abraham was declared to be righteous by faith? Or do we say that he was just because of his behavior or action? What's the correct way to see this? Hey, Simeon was a just and righteous man because of his behavior. Simeon was a just man and righteous man because he was a man of great faith who trusted God, believed God, and believed his word. See, it's it's very different when you look at how, how to apply this, right? If I apply it to myself and I see Simeon as being a just, righteous man because of his faith, then I apply that that I too am just and righteous before God by faith, not based off my behavior. If I simply say that Simeon was a just and righteous man because of his behavior, then I apply it to me to go, all right, am I a just or righteous man and my behavior? The only problem is when we talk about being just or righteous based off our behavior, we will all come to the conclusion that we're not that just or righteous because our behavior is never perfect. So what some people tend to do is start grading on a curve. Well, it's not, no one's going to be perfect, but you can still be just or righteous. Well, how much imperfection, how much sin can be present before I'm no longer can be considered a just or righteous person? You see, now it becomes you're grading on a curve. Well, okay, you may commit that sin, that sin, that sin. You're still a just and righteous person. But if you commit that sin, you're no longer just and righteous. How much righteousness does one have to have in their life before they can be declared a just and righteous person? I will argue that becomes a never-ending cycle of questions and doubts and, and in many cases starts leading you to pretending to be something you're not. I know this, I am just or righteous simply because of the imputed righteousness of Christ, not by what I do. Do I view Simeon in the same way? Well, Abraham was declared righteous by faith, so why could we not say Simeon was a just man by faith now you could argue though but yeah but the emphasis there is on his behavior it's not on his in other words some would could argue the emphasis here for simeon is more on his practice not his position you could make an argument but i at least want to put this out there and get you to think about it right because we see oh, well, you know you can just say simeon was a just man see he did everything right his actions were great be like simeon and you can be like, okay, that's a good sermon. I'm going to go be like Simeon. And then you're going to realize, wait, well, first of all, how? see, it, the text doesn't tell us how great his actions were. When we we get a small little picture of Simeon, right? We get a little small picture and go, oh, look. And so then we can just start making assumptions. Well, he probably never did this. He never did that. Probably never thought that way. Probably never had those feelings. Okay, well, then I can never be that way. Because you'll look in your mirror and you're like, well, am I ever going to be just and righteous? I, I, I just think that that's detrimental to one's spiritual growth. I really do. You, you can say, but no, people need to be challenged to be that way. Well, they, you can challenge them to be that way. But if they're honest with themselves, they're going to constantly come back to you going, but I can never be just and righteous enough, so I'm never going to be like Simeon. And I can say, well, I do know how you can be like Simeon in one way by putting your faith in Jesus Christ, then you are just, you are righteous. In fact, you're perfectly just, you're perfectly righteous. In fact, you are justified. You are sanctified in a sense in your position. You're perfect, you're without sin. You're good. well done, good and faithful servant in Christ. You have the righteousness of Christ. You are, are as just and righteous as Christ was. You. In fact, you are as obedient to the divine law as Christ was. So I I just think it's something to at least consider because I think we all probably read it differently. I think we typically, the way it's preached is, see, Simeon was a just, righteous man. We too should be that way. Now, the next word is devout. The next word is devout. Now I'm going to go back to the curriculum since I already accidentally read it. Um, and they say, um, so let me read what they say about just, uh, just describes his relationship with God. When Jesus came and died in our place, he was able to offer us a right standing before God. Before Jesus came, the righteous were those who strove to obey God's law and faithfully serve him. I, again, I just have to at least call that into question because why was Abraham declared to be righteous? Because it says before Jesus came, the righteous were those who strove to obey God's law. The only righteous people before Jesus were those who strove to keep God's law. But Abram was declared to be righteous. And we see a lot of the things he did wrong. So I I, I I don't think the idea showed up after Jesus. The concept of being declared righteous by faith shows up way, way before Jesus comes on the scene from an earthly perspective. Luke also used the Greek word for devout to describe the men who buried Stephen, Acts chapter eight, verse two. And Paul's testimony before the crowd in the temple, he described Ananias, um, a devout man according to the law, twenty two twelve. The devout were religiously committed. All right, so let, let's look up the word devout and see what we can find here. All the translations use the word devout, so there's no major controversy. Here, let's go back to Luke two, verse twenty-five. Let's look up the word "devout." Here is "devout." It is this Greek word. Strong's G twenty-one twenty-six. Ula base. Yulabes. Base. Yulabes. Base. Yulabes. Base. That's a, that's a word you should go around saying today. Ula base. Eulah base, it is used three times. Okay, well, that doesn't give us a lot of help. And guess how it's translated every single time? Devout. So there's no, Eulah base, there's no question, it should be translated devout. Strong's definition. Uh, Eulah Eula base, and it, it there's it's connected to some other words, taking well, carefully, circumspect, religious, pious, devout. All right, Um Thayer's Greek lexicon, taking hold well, carefully, surely, cautious, reverencing God, pious, religious, devout. It's outline of biblical usage taking hold well. So you're, you're grabbing on to something, you're devoted to it. I think that's an idea. You're careful and surely, cautiously, reverencing God, pious, religious. Just stay with me and see if this makes some possible sense. We are just, or Simeon was just righteous because of his faith in God. He was declared to be just and righteous, just as Abraham was, Abram was, just like we are. I am declared declared just and righteous by faith because of an imputed righteousness. But that imputed righteousness hopefully should motivate me to then take hold of. Grab on to my faith in God, to the things of God, and demonstrate a reverence, a commitment, a uh, um, um, grabbing on to it, a devotion to it. Let's look up the word devout in an English uh, dictionary, just, just to go with this. The curriculum doesn't give us a lot, and the leader's guide doesn't give us a lot of information, but I'm just going to put devout and I'm going to put definition. Here we go having or showing deep religious feeling or commitment, right? So they connect it to religious, but I think it could be a feeling of deep commitment. It could be anything. You could be devout to all. You don't have to be just devout to something religious. It can be a a deep feeling and commitment to anything. Um, Merriam-Webster says this, Committed or devoted to religion or to a religious duties or exercise, expre- expressing piety or religious fervor. Um, yeah, so they they all they 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 pretty much well no they in their in their sentences giving examples a devout baseball fan, born a devout coward. So it's someone who's devoted to something. They're committed to something. So, and if we think about it, Simeon was someone who was just and righteous. And I think it would be, I think it's fair to say the only way anyone can be truly called to be just and righteous in any meaningful way would has to be by an imputed righteousness. Because if you say someone is righteous and just in their practice, well, that would require perfection because as soon as they, and just think about it, as soon as you break one part of the law, you're guilty of all of it. So, I mean, are you ever truly, I mean, no, there, there's going to be sin in everyone's life. So you either have to just reduce the term saying, well, generally speaking, he was a righteous and just person. Well, what does that mean? That that, that just becomes such a vague relativistic term. I know this, by faith, he was declared to be righteous and just, just as Abraham was, just like everyone in the Bible is. By faith, you can be declared to be this way. That's not why sometimes in the Old Testament, you'll read someone and it'll talk about how, how they followed God or how they were committed or how they were righteous. And you're like, but those people were not that righteous. They are viewed that way because of faith. Simeon was righteous and just by faith. And then, but at the same time, he he not only did he have faith that was declared to be righteous, he demonstrated a commitment to that faith. He was committed to it. He grabbed onto it. He showed devotion to it. He was a devout follower of the faith which he believed in. And we see the devotion to that faith in the very next phrase. I want, you, I want you to see this. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. He was just by faith, he was devoted, he grabbed on and was holding on to God, and he demonstrated that devotion and the fact that he had been waiting for the consolation of Israel. The waiting shows the devotion. The waiting shows the devotion. We, we could use it in a very earthly example. You fall in love with this girl or you fall in love with this guy and they're like that you are devoted to them. You're hopelessly devoted to them to, 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 to make a reference. Well, we want a reference to a song that was in a popular movie. Some of you get the reference, some of you don't. That's okay, all right? Hopelessly devoted. You're you are you are devout, you're devoutly committed to this person. Deep feelings of commitment. And this person says, look, I want to be with you. I want to spend the rest of my life with you. However, I've got to go do this. I've got to go get a four-year degree, or I've got to finish medical school or law school or what I've got, I've got to I've got to go be somewhere for the military for four years. And you're like, you know what? I love you. I am devoted to you. I'll be waiting right here. If it takes four years, if it takes eight years, if it takes 10 years, I am so devoted that I will wait. I will wait. I will not get involved in any other relationships. I will wait for you. Now, you know, and then cue the the romantic music in the movie and everybody's like, oh, that's so beautiful. Okay, now how well that actually works in real life. We could have a long discussion about that. But in, 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 in novels and movies, it works out wonderful, right? It's amazing. You've got the you've got the great music, you've got the great song, and every everybody's crying all. Oh, and and then and then finally, the movie jumps ahead, and then there they are, and they see each other after eight years, ten years. They see each other in the airport, and they start running towards each other. You get the scene. Simeon was just. I'm going to argue the only way to truly understand that in any meaningful way, he was just and righteous because of his faith, and he grabbed onto that faith and he demonstrated his devotion to that faith and that he was waiting for the consolation of Israel that waiting that he he that while he was waiting for that consolation of Israel whatever that may be we're not going to I'm not going to give you the answer to that right now because that's one of your assignments no matter how long he had to wait he stayed devoted to God his devotion to God It was demonstrated in his waiting, if that's a good way of stating it. So here's what we need to determine. What was the consolation of Israel? What was he waiting for? What was this consolation of Israel that he was waiting for? How long had he been waiting? That shows his devotion. Doesn't show his perfection because we know that he was a man. He was a sinner. He sinned. He could be called just or righteous because he had demonstrated his faith in God. So he had put his faith in God. Therefore, he was just and righteous. But his devotion was demonstrated in his waiting, not in his perfection. I think that's a very important point to consider. I'm going to take a drink of water really quick. One second. I apologize for that. But Mondays, my voice is usually typically very weak because of all the preaching and teaching on Sunday. So sometimes I try to take Monday off, but I just felt that we needed to talk today about the Bible study exercise. And I want you to just consider these two terms, just and devout. I think the devotion, his, he was devout and his waiting is how it's demonstrated. So we need to figure out what he waited for and how long had he been waiting. What is the consolation of Israel he was waiting for? In a sense, we wait. We wait for the return of Christ. Christ. We may not even see it in our lifetime. Correct? But we show our devotion that while we wait, we still are committed to God and we're trying to follow him. Doesn't mean we'll do it perfectly because no one does it perfectly. That's why, think about it this way. I think our positional, I think the fact that we can be declared just and righteous and our position, in other words, that gives us a foundation to stand on. I am, I am just and righteous because of the finished work of Christ, because of his righteousness. So therefore, I don't have to be constantly afraid that I'm going to find myself going to hell. Christ took care of that. So now I have complete confidence and my eternal security. Once I have that confidence, then I can focus on just serving God being devoted to him for what he has done for me not worried about oh no if i mess make this mistake what if i do this what if i do that what if i do that i'm going to i'm not going to be a just or righteous person anymore no i'm always going to be just and righteous in my position and that should motivate me to be devoted and and, and and be a devout person and grabbing on to the things of god and trying to follow serve and do the best i can You can be devoted to it. doesn't mean we're always going to be perfect. You can be devoted and not perfect. I know that that you say, well, that's not the way it works. Yes, that's the way it works in Christianity because we're sinners. But in Simeon's case, his devotion is seen immediately in his waiting. We grab onto the things of God and we serve God now while we wait for the return of Christ that we may or may not ever actually see because we may die before he returns. Now you could say, well, we'll see it when he comes back, even if we die. So at some point you could say we can see it, but we may not see it in this lifetime. Is that is that a better way of stating it? Just and devout. I just want you to think about those two terms, what you think they mean, how they are applicable. You can look at, uh, you can see what else the uh, curriculum has to say. I, I looked at the adult leader's guide. Now, now it's got me curious. I'm going to go to the study guide. Give me one second. Don't know if this is going to work. Don't think it's going to work. I'm telling you, this iPad has reached the end of its, its life. It really has. Okay, let me see if I can get it to go back. It will be nice when everything will work uh, correctly. All right, here we go. Let's see what if it will work. Give me a second. All right, let's see here. Uh. He was just and devout. This is what uh, they have to say in the adult personal study guide. Simeon is not identified as a priest. I see, Simeon is not identified as a priest, a scribe, a Pharisee, or any other type of religious leader. He appears to be just an ordinary Jewish man, but he took his faith and belief in God seriously and lived them out. His love and fear of God were evident. So they just focus, they just focus on, well he did he did all the good things he was he did everything right and i I think there there was a, there's obviously there was enough about his behavior that could be in a sense praised. but I just want to make it very clear the only way we can ever be truly called righteous or just is because of an imputed righteousness and we can be called devout and grabbing on to that faith and holding on to it and trying to follow it and being committed and in Simeon's case. That devotion was seen in his waiting for the consolation of Israel. And, well, I've got, uh, I can tell you what that is, but I'm not, right? You can look at the curriculum and see what they have to say about the consolation of Israel. But look up a number of commentaries and see if there is agreement or disagreement on what it is. And you could argue he could have been waiting for a very long time. And you could argue, does Jesus, does Jesus provide the consolation of Israel in his first coming? And if he did not provide it in his first coming, then Simeon never actually saw the fulfillment of the consolation of Israel. He just saw maybe the initial signs of it. Maybe no one has witnessed it even all the way here in 2021. So our devotion is still waiting for it. It's just interesting that devotion or being devout could be connected to waiting. I think that's interesting. Just And righteous, I think, is connected to imputed righteousness. And devout is connected to waiting. Just just some thoughts. Just some thoughts here for this Bible study exercise on this Monday. December the 27th, 2021. All right. so, So this Bible study exercise, just so that everyone knows, it started... It got interrupted, had to be stopped. I had to then go find the episode and delete it from all of the platforms that I could, because when I started initially, we had the knock on the door. Everything got messed up. We finally got past that, and hopefully this turned out to be something useful. There's nothing more frustrating than reaching the end of a broadcast and knowing did did I did I really accomplish anything? Hopefully I did. But again, the Bible study exercises, this is the way it's supposed to work, right? This is not supposed to be be me sitting in front of the microphone going, okay, guys, Luke 2, 25 to 35, and giving you everything. This is is about every day trying to give you a little bit, getting you thinking about the text, discussing the text. And and please share your thoughts and opinions about any of this. And you can do so by emailing me, newsif at yahoo.com, or if you're part of the Discord channel, Feel free to give your thoughts there. And, and you can share your outlines there. You can share anything. And if you want to be a part of the Discord group, that's easy. Email me, newsif at yahoo.com. Just say Discord, and I'll know what you want. And I'll send you the link. And, and you can join and give your thoughts and opinions there as well. All right. Yeah, I, I know. I'm 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 supposed to stop right now, but I'm like, we did oh, did I no, I don't want to stop, but we'll stop. All right, so let me know. Hopefully this is a, I remember, listen, this is the last week of Bible study for 2021. Let's make it productive. Let's not waste this because it'll be, if we can end the year strong with our Bible study, you know, intact and working and everybody participating, I think that just puts us in a great place to start 2022. 2022 with a brand new, then this is going to be the last week of Bible study in 2021, and then the next Bible study will be the first Bible study of 2022, all right, and um, you see here, okay, I'm, I'm getting uh, some, I'm getting some discussions here um, in the Discord channel, but it's about Samson, Uh All right. So it's something completely different than what we're talking about. But that's wonderful. I I love the fact that there's discussion going on in the Discord channel right now. All right. we'll, Well, I'll get to that as soon as I can. All right. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a great day. God bless.